Hey there, I'm Adam Knox and welcome to another episode of The Cult of You. Today is a great day. Today I get to speak to a personal mentor and close friend, Dr. Thomas Carlson. That's right, probably one of the most influential men in the left-hand path today. In fact, so many publications out there preaching portions of the draconian path is oftentimes you know, the result of research based upon his ideas. He is the founder of the Dragon Rouge and Greater of Ordo Draconis. He's also the author of several books and some of the most authoritative books in the left-hand path, including Kabbalah, Klipoth, and Goethic Magic, as well as the original work on the Uthrak, the night side of the runes. Dr. Thomas Carlson is a PhD in this specific field and as such is probably one of the most formally qualified individuals as well as being a fully active practicing occultist. In today's discussion we explore the truth about the Goetia and the practice of Goethic magic. We also discuss the nature of the Dark Lord and the principles of science and how important this is for the left-hand path. We discuss the Global Nightshade Initiative as well as some of the most fundamental parts of his own journey, as well as what the left-hand path can teach and the Draconian Mysteries can teach practitioners, as well as individuals in dealing with the world that we find ourselves in today in overcoming not only the virus of the pandemic, but as well as the virus and the challenges inside of our own lives. As he shares some of his more personal mindsets, ideas, and beliefs around this area, I really think that you're going to find a lot of value in today's portion. And if you find that value or if you have other questions that you'd like to ask myself or Dr. Thomas directly, please send a mail to info at the and know that you can also, if you find this conversation interesting and you'd like to learn more about the Dragon Rouge, there is a link inside the YouTube video if you're watching that. And there should also be comment links inside of the Spotify if you're listening to that as well. I do recommend that you make sure that you like, comment and subscribe to these channels so that you can be up to date. Remember, we release a portion every Wednesday. And I hope you love today's session as much as I loved having this conversation with this brilliant mind. And this is me, Adam Knox, reminding you to live deliciously. And uh, I hope to see it in uh, other countries as well. We see it in Europe and uh, we see it also in uh, South Africa. So I hope maybe this uh, interview can fuel the interest uh, of the left-hand path and the dark art. I think <laughs> so I'm very happy that you invited me. Yeah, I think it's one of the, one of the great, great beauties. A, a lot of people have a misconception, I think, about the left-hand path and about the way of the dragon. 
And the problem is there's so many people out there that are marketing and selling left-hand path material who themselves have been stealing your work, you know, for the most of it. I've been stealing work from the Dragon Rouge or from other authors. So to speak to yourself on the subject, I think is one of the great, a great honor and a great gift to be able to share it literally from, from, the, from the head of, you've, you've pioneered so much in this industry. And I think you were truly one of the first that really brought it together in a clean, coherent way that wasn't simply based upon people's fairy experiences, but was well-researched, properly background. You yourself, a PhD, probably one of the most qualified individuals to be able to speak on the subject, as well as being a serious practicing occultist that is the master of the darkness, I think many would say. So I think it's an honor just to speak to you. So firstly, just thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, uh, it's true that a lot of uh, people are plagiarizing uh, my work, but uh, I see it as uh, a little bit flattering because it means that uh, the my work has been of uh, importance to uh, a lot of people. The backside is that some of these books are of quite low quality because they haven't followed the current uh, with its complexity uh, from, uh, they, it's, it's just the, the surface without everything that's beneath the surface. And as you said, um, I'm also a PhD, so I've done a lot of research uh, and have three master degrees, uh, fellow researcher at Yale University, United States, and a little bit other titles, um, and, and also a practitioner. Uh, so what I wish to see is uh, an advancement, uh, a rising of the quality of the draconian path and left-hand path, and, I'm quite optimistic because uh, some of the new books about that that's uh, coming from other sources than myself have been better because, uh, of course, if you're into this, in the beginning you more, most plagiarize someone, but if you're into this for anyway 20 years, then after a while you, of course, have learned a lot. So uh, I think uh, that things are going in the right direction. That's why I uh, came up with this idea of the Global United Night Side, that is uh, a complete loose structure uh, movement uh, with, with uh, no board or, or uh, any specific criteria, uh, but it, it is more like we should create a movement of something that is one of our times uh, most dynamic and growing uh, spiritual currents, and uh, that instead instead of rivalry, see how we can uh, cooperate instead and uh, reach these cumulative effects of uh, of uh, supporting each other mm. uh, instead of, of competing. I think that's powerful. I think we we there's such a big thing going on in internet forums where people are competing against each other and everyone's, I think yeah. it's a demonstration of 
beginners or people that haven't really done the actual psychological work on themselves and they're still trying to meet those needs for significance and connection instead of being serious about their growth and each other's growth because as practitioners of the left-hand path if we're competing against each other you know there's the entire world is almost against us we should be standing yeah. together and evolving the work as it is the body of knowledge and bringing it to each other so it can be brought and especially right now i mean if anything, the pandemic, COVID, everything else going on in the world, it's the draconian sorcerer. It's the left-hand path sorcerer that I think is the most tuned to be able to deal with that because it's the one that drinks the poison cup. It's the one yeah, that... <laughs> and as uh, one brother of Dragon Rouge put it very well, uh, the pandemic and the COVID-19 is like... Uh, the, the smaller abyss or the ocean or veil of parochet you have to pass before, or you enter into the fifth dimension of the black sun. Mm. And he put it like the pandemic is the parochet of uh, mankind and we must uh, avoid uh, with, with all means to, uh, to be uh, scared and uh, go back. We must pass through this and by passing through this, uh, not going back to old habits, but going forward to something that uh, will um, be uh, changing uh, the conditions for uh, both the planet and for mankind and for uh, the intelligences that are here around us in uh, this moment, because we are living in very special times. And uh, it, as it put it, in one way, the world is against us so we must join forces and uh, cooperate that's a very good uh, attitude exactly exactly i think um it was in it was a 2012 when the when the dragon changed its scales and now we're almost in that reversal of 21 yeah and and it's it's now it's that that completion of that manifestation it's now into the being where we need to be operative and we need to be Absolutely. collaborative. It's a time of community and growing together. Because I think one of the one of the powerful things that I've learned, especially through the Dragon Reach and through yourself, is when one enters the 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 dark side of the tree and one begins to work through the clipothic dimensions, there's a lot of difficulties that come up. There's yeah. a lot of because you're opening the poison wounds, and to learn from those that are further along the path that can guide. And I think that's why the Dragon Reach is one of the few orders that has a structured form of initiation and a supporting context that helps. It doesn't mean it's easy. You know, it's, 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 not, the, it's not the path that, it's not a summer holiday home. It's not a, you know, a hippie yoga retreat. It's, it's real work. It's real challenging work. But this is something, can you maybe speak about some of that mindset, some of that psychology that gets developed as a draconian sorcerer, as a left-hand path sorcerer through a practice like the Dragon Region, through your own work in transmuting that clipothic force or learning to work or relate with that. Because I think that's a powerful set of lessons for people in today's world in general. Yeah, it's good you bring up this topic. Uh, I started with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it is a quite hard uh, sport, uh, but very effective. And we see at uh, Ultimate Fighting, uh, 
uh, uh, galas or what's called mm. uh, that uh, uh, the practitioner of Brazilian youths often win the fights. And as one of my teachers said that this is one of the martial arts systems which takes longest time to get the degrees and the belts. Yeah, because they don't want anyone with a black belt to lose. Uh, they want to be sure that if you have a black belt, you should be an awesome fighter. <laughs> so uh, if you are out for the black belt, because it's cool to say that ah, I have a black belt in something, then Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is definitely not uh, the sport to, uh, to uh, do. Uh, rather the opposite, it is the one who maybe take the longest time to, to get the black belt in. And that's a little bit the same attitude with Dragon Rouge. It, if you are uh, out for getting degrees uh, easy and fast, it is a little bit the same because we are working with reality. Mm. Uh, we are not working with fantasy. And reality is complex. Reality is so much different things that must match. And since we are working with all reality, uh, real progress will take time because this is not either psychology, uh, at least not in the modern uh, meaning of psychology, uh, perhaps in the ancient original meaning. Mm. Uh, this is a genuine transformative path that uh, will bring you in touch with uh, other dimensions that in many ways are more real than the uh, dimensions we uh, live in in this mundane earthly life. And you will get in contact with intelligence that's far more advanced than the human intelligence. And people sometimes believe that they do an invocation or an evocation and then pop up some fantasy figure and that they can command this uh, to do this and that. And uh, luckily, most of the times nothing happens or uh, the person has a uh, good imagination and, and can tell his or her friends that, wow, I met this Goetic demon and he told me that I am the master of darkness or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you really come in contact with this possible because the Goetia have the real keys to uh, getting in uh, access to the cliffotic tunnels and to the seven dimension beyond uh, uh, the four dimension of time and space and to intelligences and hundreds of millions of intelligences and countless of tunnels in a very complex web that we don't see. It's so much that we must learn to master, to become stable also in this process and also not forget that we are here for some uh, uh, reason uh, that we must do also uh, uh, the best uh, we can out of the existence we have here and now. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, that's the complexity of the draconian tradition make uh, it take a little longer time to, to achieve the degrees, uh, which I think is good because we want, uh, we want people uh, really learn and become really good in what they're doing and feeling that, wow, I have really uh, get access to real things that's been hidden before.
This is and then fun. my books uh, is uh, it, it took quite a long time before I started write books, and the reason was that I wanted to uh, wait a little bit until I started to publish books. Mm -hmm. Some authors out there should have done the same, I can say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they maybe perhaps should have waited that a decade or or two and then published books Agreed. but never mind uh, uh, i waited and uh, and then when i started to write it is with the purpose of uh, of uh, manifesting this knowledge and fuel the interest in this and uh, open up doors that has been closed and also get more people on board on uh, this uh, ship Mm. Uh, of uh, wisdom and power that uh, we are uh, traveling upon in the ocean of existence to be a little poetic. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I, I, I must say that was, I think, one of the things that stood out for me so intensely about yourself and getting having the opportunity to have been in Stockholm, in the Dragon Temple, and having worked with you initially my first introduction was also a kabbalah clip off and, and reading some of your ideas and how well it's all put together and how well researched it was and i was kind of blown away when i got there and the theory was almost the smallest portion it was the direct experience the direct practical ritual work and the ceremonial work that was so tangibly real as well as when i did my adepthood with you as well for that period that year recognizing it gave me a completely different perspective on the Goetia and I want to touch on that a little bit because I think there's so much discussions as what you mentioned people have their fantasy ideas about these entities and for the most of it it seems like intellectual masturbation it's like they're they're <laughs> having like an ego version that they're playing around with in their imagination and they think oh it's real meanwhile it's some form of narcissism that's coming to the surface because I know in, in my workings with you, when I finally started getting manifestations, these things were very intense. They were real and often cases more real and more powerful than anything physical, anything in this dimension. And I was made very aware of how futile my attempt to control it was and how intense that force is. But it was a lot of your insights that kind of opened a lot of doors for me personally. Um, for example, stepping away from the typical Shalomic mindset that a lot of them have about commanding these force or just using an N or just using this to get to it. You opened my mind about the power of the runes in aligning. And I think the beauty of that also how the rune is not just a sigil, but how it's multidimensional in its manifestation. Could you touch a little bit on, on this, on what is the mindset or the attitude or the approach somebody that is looking into Goisha should be taking when they really want to either learn more or try and actually establish a relationship with these forces? Uh, I would first uh, really emphasize that it's not a game it's something utmost serious and that you must accept that there are intelligences and they are countless and that it's far more intelligent than uh, the human intelligence and that also can travel and move in more dimensions than we can mm. uh, so that means that we must uh, have a certain respect to this 
That's why we completely, and that is uh, more or less, Dragonouche made a paradigm shift from this traditional, as I say, Solomonic attitude that uh, you, uh, by the name of uh, different uh, angels and names of God, command uh, some uh, demons to do some yeah, business mm -hmm. for you. Uh, when you realize that these demons are much more intelligent than any of the magicians or necromancers who try to and evoke them, then you uh, can start uh, start dealing with these forces for real. Uh, but that's why we don't use this with circles and so on. Maybe in a little bit in the beginning, but uh, we have in we have getting away from the, the mindset that we have these good white forces with angels and so on. And then we have the bad boys like the demons. Mm -hmm. And rather questioned perhaps uh, there are uh, things it's so simple that that the night by itself it's not evil and the day is not by itself good. Perhaps it's the, so with the different uh, uh, deities that are out there. They uh, act and they uh, have different natures, but uh, it's not the case of simple. Uh, Abrahamitic moralism. Uh, so we erased this and instead said that, okay, we have respect that these are intelligences that are more intelligent than us, but we want to learn from them. Mm. Because it's, it's something we know from the, the scriptures about these deities is that they come to mankind to learn mankind things. And that is like we, we taking this torch and, and going back to, uh, to what has been described in the book of Enoch, for example, that uh, the fallen angels came and, and taught man a lot of things, or uh, Prometheus who stole the fire and gave to man. Mm. Uh, we uh, instead took away all this that we should, should use different names of God and so on, and instead uh, uh, go directly to the forces and, and ask them politely, but uh, seeing them as potential allies. Uh, the next thing I would like to uh, add uh, is that uh, it is good to study a little bit of uh, uh, Mandelbrot's fractal theories because it gives you a good uh, uh, explanation of uh, uh, what we are dealing with, we, uh, it's more or less undisputed these days uh, at all the top uh, uh, universities and Ivy League universities that there are 11 dimensions in the existence, but we live in just four of them. Mm. And when we work with the Guetia and the other uh, forms of, of uh, magic to uh, uh, go outside the common uh, uh, boundaries of time and space. Uh, it's good to know uh, a little bit about uh, the fact that there are seven dimensions out there possible for us to reach, but also very difficult for us to reach. I also uh, uh, encourage my students to read about uh, theories of black holes and so on. It can sound like a bit like a, 
implementing science fiction, but it's actually not science fiction, it's, it's science. Mm. <laughs> and uh, we are working from the perspective that there are an objective uh, reality, uh, although we know very little bit about it, but uh, that we uh, both as practitioners as, and as scholars uh, have the, the the meaning of our work is to discover as much as possible. That's why the initiatory path is so much of an adventure. Mm. Uh, and uh, some people are better suited for, for uh, this than others. That's uh, no doubt about that, uh, because you must have a little bit of this adventurous spirit uh, to, uh, to uh, enter into uh, this journey. That's, as you said, it's not uh, like a yoga retreat, uh, even if yoga can be great and can be so much, but uh, yes. ah, that's an, another topic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because that's, that's quite a deep one. I mean, uh, there's, there's the yoga that people think there is, and then there's yeah. the actual real yoga and, the, and, and its yeah. roots, which is something that the Dragon Rouge also kind of explores quite nicely um, more in the upper areas Absolutely. of initiation. There's one thing that, um, that I want to yeah. touch on that you, that you kind of brought forth, and I'm very happy that you went into that conversation, was this discussion of black holes and multiple dimensional theories. And I think it's brilliant, especially looking at the, the, tw the 11 uh, number associated to the Klippoth and the 11 number associated obviously to the, the dimensions as it's presented in, in string theory. And one of the interesting kind of revelations that kind of came to me also through working with yourself was this notion that a prince of darkness, which is you know the attribute often, title often given to the quote unquote devil, so to speak, is more accurately looked at in science today as a prince or a master of dark matter or dark energy. And yeah. if, if we change that filter from their evil and their darkness and recognize it's just, it's an operational power that functions at the level close to matter inside of dark matter inside, then the antichrist becomes the antimatter. And there's exactly. a, this is, this is an interesting, interesting notion. Could you, could you touch a bit on that, on how that relates to these, the mindset or the perception of what these entities and these forces are and our relationship with them? There have been keys to uh, these dimensions from ancient times. And uh, from time to time through the centuries, there have been different ways to describe what's out there. Uh, most often it has been described as something uh, horrifying and terrifying. Uh, it's been, uh, I have often uh, used the example of uh, old maps mm. that uh, the uh, countries that are, are close to where you live, they are quite uh, accurate in the description. And the further you go from where you live, the more uh, uh, far from how it looks it, it become. And then we come to, to a, a huge sea surrounding everything of this, and it's filled with monsters, dragons, and so on. And it's a very good example of the human psyche. It's how we see things. Uh, we see ourselves uh, as the center, and it's natural that we do uh, that. And uh, what is far away from us, it's naturally uh, terrifying. But that's what we uh, must uh, explore uh, if we are uh, on the dark path. 
And as you say, the science have taken us into a new step where we can have a new approach to the dark forces. Because now with, the, uh, with all the proofs of dark energy and dark matter and also antimatter, which is another thing, uh, we see how much out there uh, we uh, can, if we uh, want and have the right spirit, and learn from because our existence is very narrow mm. and uh, there is a vast uh, existence out there that uh, uh, we uh, have the possibility to, uh, to travel into and learn from. And the keys have been different from uh, different in different ages. But this wisdom uh, was known by the ancient Egyptians, by the ancient Celts, by the ancient Nordic people, the Germans, the Indians, the Chinese, and so on. Although it was uh, uh, often like, uh, uh, like the most esoteric of the esoteric. Mm. Mm. That's why I sometimes divide this into we have the normal uh, worldview and then we have the light esoterica, which is the most common we see. Uh, and then we have the dark esoterica, which uh, is dealing with, with the esotericism in a completely other way uh, than most of the common esoteric movement. So with dark matter and dark energy, we can uh, suddenly see uh, uh, where the demons actually resides and uh, how to get there is the big questions. But there are keys and runes are one of the keys. The Guetic seals are others. There are countless of different methods to get access to these hidden dimensions. Uh, but it's very hard to, to make, it, uh, make it happen. Hmm. But uh, as another uh, scholar has shown, uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Rick Strassman, has studied the DMT molecule in the brain which is a sister molecule to serotonin. And serotonin is important for the normal co uh, cognition uh, of reality. And if you, for example, have low levels of serotonin, you go into a depression. If you have high uh, levels of serotonin, you become more alert and you become more aware of what's going around you. Mm. Uh, this sister molecule, is also uh, connected to consciousness and awareness, but not this world. It uh, connects us to other worlds, but we have it in our body, in our mind, in, in, in our muscles. And th what I see as a problem is that why don't the, some of the theoretic physicists work together with uh, the psychiatrists that, uh, that uh, study the, the, this, uh, for example, DMT that's natural in the body, because if it, we can see that we have a natural uh, bridge uh, in ourselves between this world and other worlds, mm. then we can come to very interesting science. But that science is already done inside an order like Drang Rouge. Uh, where we use the methods that uh, releases the natural 
DMT in our body and then using seals of different kinds to uh, enter into the gates of the real unknown to get allies among these intelligences that we can learn so much from. I think that's that's powerful. Um, I think a beautiful uh, understanding that I've gained in the, both the Dragon Rouge system and, and my own research is this notion of the, the poison of Samael and how on the third, third initiation in the Dragon Rouge, uh, we, we discuss madness. You know, and, and the gospel of madness. And I think the, the symbolism of the sword is so perfect for that mercurial aspect, which on the one hand is the perfect reason and science. And I, I released a quote recently where I say, what an odd thing is magic, that at the one hand, on the one hand expects you, demands from you to cultivate the analytical facility of science and reason to such a high level, only to abandon it completely, to drink from the cup of madness. And to enter into, and it's it's interesting that you bring up those two different chemical reactions, or those two different chemicals in the body. Uh, we're yeah. familiar historically with the even the work in the Taoists, the practice of the dark cave, the practice of extensive sexual magic, and a lot of people always associate these to the bad arts, the dark arts. But the fact of the matter is, these were the arts that released DMT, that released these altered yeah. states of consciousness. And so there was literally a, a, an occult secret science here that was being practiced and is still being practiced in orders like the Dragon Rouge and Order Draconis and, 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 and in similar orders that follow that practice was, and this is kind of a, a, a personal question in that sense, you've been a, a kind of a prophet in many ways for the dragon. Um, you've written the treatise of the dragon. The, 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 there's been so much that's come through you as a vessel. Was your experience or your access to the dragon a spontaneous one or was it the result of intellectual work that led you to that point that opened up what was the bridge for you that helped you cross over the abyss in the first place that's the question uh, i uh, must enter into a concept that I avoid, but that is nevertheless perhaps the most correct. Uh, I started with practicing the occult arts in a very young age, uh, and I got very good results. And uh, I focused on the dark side of the esotericism, which there were very little sources to get back then. Mm. Uh, so much was uh, done by my creative uh, imagination of, of uh, create methods uh, to get in contact with the, with the dark uh, spirits and the deities and intelligences. Uh, and uh, I also had the, uh, had the personality of gather people around me and also make uh, my ideas spread. And uh, I also was in the right time, uh, in the right age, with the right personality, that in some way or another, I had feeling that uh, it was a little bit like uh, this intelligence is the dark intelligences 
headhunted me into this. Mm. They saw a guy who had what they needed uh, to fulfill uh, and to start uh, this movement. And uh, that gave uh, then results in regular meetings with these spirits and the dragon itself. And this is sometimes a little bit hard to uh, talk about because uh, it became almost, you know, like a concept like a chosen or, or some, something like that, like mm. sounds very narcissistic and megalomanic. Uh, so sometimes I have a little bit problem with, with uh, some of these concepts, but it don't come around the fact that that uh, the forces started to gather around me and with that also it started the formation of an occult order uh, that has went through many different uh, phases of development and we are now in a period where uh, as you said now what what began 2012 uh, started to uh, really manifest uh, at 2021 mm. uh, and that the pandemic is definitely part of this because it is uh, like sent uh, as a uh, way to, to, to uh, make humans make a choice yeah are we going to stay at the quite primitive level, or are we prepared to take uh, ourselves into a next level? Uh, it's a little bit like when we started to handle fire, it completely changed the condition for mankind forever. And we are uh, in such a period now, are we going to be able to, to handle the fire? But now we're talking about something else. Now we're talking about the fifth dimension and the awareness of uh, what is often referred to as the black sun. Are we ready or are we not? And the paradigm uh, shift is already going on and the pandemic is uh, involved in this in some way or another. That's powerful. I think um, the 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 dark the the black sun is uh, for many people that that read about it or something it sounds like a fantastic pretty kind of magical hollywood thing but the fact of the matter is it's a difficult fire and to pass into it there's the complete annihilation of the dimensions of yourself that aren't congruent with that and it's not something i think a person once they're stepped on that path can't just you can't just climb off you can't just with pause, you have to burn through completely in order to get through the other side. Um, in that, in light of that, there's a lot of people out there spouting different ideas of occultism and, and some of them are congruent and true. And a lot of them are speculation based upon psychological ideas. Uh, one, of the, one of your works that I found very, very refreshing and interesting was your book on the Uthrak. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the recognition of uh, how so many are used to the, the younger food truck, uh, where the, that, or, that change in positioning makes so much sense, especially the meaning of origin and root 
And we see similar things happening even in Hebrew, where the first letter of the Bible is actually the second letter instead yeah. of Aleph. So there's, there's, it's almost like a, a key that is unlocked here that I don't think is normally practiced or normally shared. When, when a practitioner who is seeking to establish alignment prepare themselves to work through the black sun or that transformation inside of themselves can a tool set like the uthrak be utilized for this should they be working with specific entities you do share in kabbalah Klippoth, um at least the four or four of the main ones alongside the dragon invocation for them to practice and to align what are what are some steps somebody that's either entering this path or wants to get into pure alignment to help them get through the difficult things a bit faster. What should they be focusing on? What can they be looking at? Uh, in one way, I would say that don't try to make this uh, too fast. But uh, if you want something uh, to focus upon, it's there's a called clavicula nox, which has been a quite famous symbol. It's a trident inside circle, because that symbol uh, carries so much information that uh, will unlock a lot of secrets and uh, also be what it is, a key to Nox, uh, which is uh, the state of mind. It is uh, the fifth dimension, Noxon. Mm. Uh, it has many names, but it's one of the names. And this symbol, I would say, is uh, the main symbol to focus upon. Then uh, to work with the dragon is uh, something that uh, is uh, of, of central importance. Because if you use the runes, you must remember that uh, more or less all rune stones have the runes written inside uh, dragon circular uh, like in, uh, and, and uh, serpentine uh, forms. And there are often serpent or, or dragons uh, patterns uh, inside which the runes are written. So the dragon is uh, uh, there. So if you want to work with the Uthark or any other runic practice, you must also, if you want to get, really get the fire to, to make it done, to make the initiation of, of the runic system, you uh, must remember that the dragon is the fire that give uh, life to the runes. Mm. So that's my two best advices. It's to uh, uh, have the focus on clavicula nox as a symbol and uh, the red dragon to work seriously with the red dragon because that will open up so much understanding and uh, spe speed up the process. I think that's very powerful. I think um, one of the, it was a technique I still learned from you when I was um, working through the Gothic uh, aspects myself, and that was to rise the Kundalini fire and then use the Kundalini fire to charge the, 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 the seal and to activate it in order to begin the opening process. And one of the alterations of consciousness as it starts to happen is the ob obliteration of time and space as we know it. It brings us into the fifth dimension, um, which I think is a necessary crossing of the veil. You also... Uh, teach heavily the importance of the study of music and the study of the martial arts as part of tool sets for the left-hand path practitioner. Does that help in the understanding? Because obviously there's so much in the study of time 
uh, even looking just at music and the musical scales and um, saying the, the circle of fifth, just showing the, the dynamics of opposites and how that, can you touch on that a little bit more um, and, and its importance and its utilization? I am not well enough uh, uh, well read when it comes to musical theory. Uh, but we have uh, some uh, brothers and sisters in Trang Rouge that uh, right now is creating a musical path and method for the draconian current because we emphasize music so much. Mm. Because music is uh, maybe the thing here on our planet in the human life that most uh, uh, match uh, the spiritual realms or the non-physical realms because a lot of other things we do as humans could be uh, explained uh, by uh, different uh, Darwinist theories that uh, everything is actually just about spreading the genes mm. uh, and, and, uh, and our DNA. And of course, it's an important part uh, of being a human, but it's not the only thing that uh, makes us human. Uh, music is one of the hardest uh, art forms to uh, explain from a materialistic uh, uh, mindset. And music is one of the most uh, powerful keys to uh, uh, experience the hidden dimensions, because music has a way to, uh, to uh, transmit feelings and experiences of other dimensions that uh, few other methods can in the same powerful way. And then there are also other art form. We are looking into also another project. It is uh, the smell and to develop uh, different fragrances because the, the smell is the uh, sense that goes directly to the brain. The other take uh, like uh, a long, longer way to reach the brain, but smell goes directly. Mm. And we are looking at the possibility to use different uh, fragrances as part of opening up poetic uh, uh, gates. Yeah, so it's also an ongoing project. Martial art is a good way to, to uh, because life is in many ways a battle. Uh, and uh, we must also realize that we will probably not win this battle alone. We must uh, cooperate with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, in, the realization that we will die, which is one of the mysteries you really deal with in the dark uh, art. Uh, martial arts teaches you uh, to uh, physically uh, apply and understand a lot of things you have read. Because when doing some kind of martial arts, you can realize that, wow, this uh, is a uh, completely related to what I read about in the book of runes and or the book of, of the clip or clip or or, uh, 
or, or uh, other sources. So martial art is strongly recommended uh, as a way to, to physically uh, learn uh, the magical uh, arts. So you don't forget uh, the importance of the body because the body is what we have. It's our main tool uh, for, for uh, yeah, in this life and to reach uh, other uh, levels of uh, existence. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, there is, there is. We're kind of running close to our, our time for the day, uh, but there are two or so questions that I just want to kind of sneak in before we kind of end up this piece, because I know it's stuff that that my listeners are not going to forgive me if I if I don't ask. Um, the the first one is just a few tips on belief sets or attitudes that someone should be adopting from a left-hand path to embrace and succeed or progress, not only in the left-hand path, but to take that attitude into life, how they should be challenging their, their business, their relationships, their entire mindset. What's the attitude? I've, I've always had a lot of respect for your attitude and in times where I've seen you go through difficult situations and purely as an old classic Viking warrior, almost ready to embrace Valhalla without fear and pure ownership, never going on your knees and begging for mercy or anything like that. Can you share some of that attitude that some of the belief systems about yourself and about the world that I think others can learn from and also maybe adapt or try on for themselves? In many ways, you answered the question and uh, very good in what what you uh, asked, but uh, um, this Viking attitude is very good to embrace that uh, you live uh, as you were already dead, uh, and you uh, the first thing you do is to face your fears, and uh, the most common fear we have is the fear of our own personal death. And uh, uh, as taught in the books of Carlos Castaneda and uh, from experience uh, myself, uh, death is uh, as an ally behind our left shoulder and we should try to make uh, the relation with our own death as good as possible and try to be quite fearless and uh, curious and adventurous. Uh, and uh, also uh, never forget the world in which we are living. Uh, do your duties in this life. Uh, try to, to uh, do as good as you can. And, uh, here I differ from many people in the alternative spiritual scene. I uh, am of the attitude that uh, if you get ill or, or sick, you should uh, go to, to, the, to the best possible doctor. You can use alternative medicine as well. It's, it's okay. But um, uh, I think that we must uh, have a, a kind of trust in science. Uh, even if it's, of course, right to criticize, because criticizes the foundation of, of science, otherwise it becomes scientism, the kind of, of, uh, of uh, re religious belief in science. Mm. But uh, 
my, my advice is to, to, to stand with feet on earth and live as you already are dead uh, and, uh, and also follow the progress of science uh, in your magical work. Uh, but science have its lacks, and one of its uh, many lacks uh, is that they, uh, there are so many truths out there, but if we would combine them, we would like get a very, very great picture of how reality is. Mm -hmm. But that is something that's done in a magical order, such as Dragon Rouge. Uh, so um, uh, that I think is my uh, advice. And uh, don't forget uh, to take care of uh, the relations uh, you have and, and uh, the world in which you are living. Uh, be part of, of society. That's why we are like uh, anti-sectorism. We mean that it's better to take part of, of, uh, of the community, be part of the community, do things, create things, build things. Uh, so uh, that, that's our fundamental attitude also. That's why we have built up more or less uh, our own infrastructure in Dragon Rouge. If like all the uh, normal uh, uh, system would, would fall down, we have like uh, what we call the six pillars that uh, more or less uh, should be there if uh, a, a country or uh, the society collapse and you can't trust the ordinary uh, authorities. Uh, we don't create this not as a para, uh, but uh, that, that should, should be instead, but should be there in case. And that can also deal with different questions uh, about uh, medicine and, and magic, uh, martial art and magic, uh, relations and magic. Uh, we have a pillar that's for sharing uh, the tough times in life because we all have, and uh, sometimes we all uh, need uh, someone to share this with. So we have created this uh, that's very grounded on, on uh, needs uh, we have around us. And, uh, and uh, I recommend that, that, or it's almost that you should, uh, if you want to become initiated in Dragon Rouge, uh, to take part of one or two of these pillars and the duties in there. Mm. Uh, and it's uh, often based upon what are your profession. If you're a, a medical doctor, for example, it's quite uh, natural that you become a part of the medicus pillar. Mm. Uh, if you are uh, a soldier or a policeman or something like that, or, or uh, doing martial art, it's uh, quite natural uh, that you become part of the Bellator pillar mm. and so on. Powerful. There's, there's, um, I, love, I love that it's grounded. Uh, I always say that there's, as Rory pointed out many, 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 many years ago, the, the, that magic was the balance between science and art, um, but not the one. Yeah, or the other. absolutely. Yes. Art is an extremely important uh, thing that science never uh, must forget because, uh, uh, it, as you say, it is uh, ma magic has like one leg in science and the other in art. Mm. Uh, because that's what it's all about, because life 
in itself is both art and science. Exactly. Uh, there's, there's, I, I say that there's a, a perfect triangle that, that exists and it's on the one hand, it's, it's science and the other one is art. And the, the top of this is uh, surrender. And uh, yeah. it's, that, it's that surrender to, to, to your own spirit and doing the action, but also surrendering to the dragon to rest in the arms of the dragon, so to speak. Um, with that, I want to ask my closing question um, or the closing thing that I want to have you give some thoughts on. The problem I see with a lot of people in, in the dark path is they try and just give up responsibility. You know, they're like, oh, they're not going to do it. They're going to give it to a goethic demon or a spirit or something else to do. And then they sit on their, they sit on their backside and they do nothing. And I, I recently released a podcast where I talk about Kali as time and learning to structure our actions. We have to take the boundlessness of Shiva, that pure consciousness, and still apply it into goals, into actions and do the work ourselves. We have to be reliant on ourselves to a strong degree to do it. But then there's this argument about is the spirits purely psychological are they real can we have an actual relationship with them and i believe your experience and your 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 life has demonstrated very much that they are real but what could you give some closing thoughts on that whether it is your responsibility is it their responsibility is it how do you how should people relate to spirit should it be one of a partnership or of a worship um, as they go about their lives. What would you like to say on that as we close our chat today? It is part of the initiatory system to uh, go through a period where you look upon the spirit from a quite a psychological and intellectual way and also where you get a kind of partnership with the deities. But uh, what comes as a little bit of a surprise to many is that then at the next level, you uh, go into what the Indians call bhakti, which uh, in this case is a kind of worship. And you go through because you need to be passionate and you need to show respect that these are what we have called gods or demons through the ages. And with this worship, you get a, a wider spectrum uh, to, to uh, uh, make this relation more powerful. But then you come to, to the Black Sun level, and then it's beyond both uh, partnership and worship. You have become one of them. Mm. Mm. I think that's 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 a golden key. There's, I was reading in Stephen Flowers' book on Icelandic magic recently, um, a good friend of yours as well and fellow scholar, uh, and he spoke of one point where when the conjurations happened in old Icelandic magic, it was pulled out from the soul, from one's own soul. And we, we need to recognize this interdependent relationship that even though they're intelligence independent of our own, from a fabric of life point of view, we are inseparable at that level. Once we kind of progress and there's a, there's a difficulty in where we stop and where they start to kind yeah. of recognize. But like somebody taking um, five grams of psilocybin mushrooms for the very first time, 
just because it's inside of you does not mean it's just you. It's not the ego or the personality. It's still an overwhelming power and needs to be approached with respect. Tom, Dr. Thomas, thank you so very much for your time, your energy, and for bringing the dragon to, you know, the cult of you. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm always a big fan and a big supporter of your work, as well as a, a member of the Dragon Rouge myself and believe in the vision itself. Um, in terms of the global uh, night side, the global practice, is there a place or a location where people can go to get involved in this? Is it still kind of coming? Um, how can people, is it just a mindset or a practice that they can apply to start being part of this and building this community up? At the moment, it's more uh, just uh, an, a spirit or, or an attitude. Uh, and if you uh, feel that you are attracted to learn about the mysteries of the dark side, then you are, uh, if you like to define it uh, so yourself, part of the global United Night side because it's a movement and it's not an order or a society. But then of course it's good to, if you want to go deeper, to join some serious order uh, to, to uh, get a deeper understanding of, of what is this night side and how can I learn from it. But uh, the global United Night side is uh, more like uh, throwing out uh, like something that uh, everyone that want can can feel that well yeah I, I'm part of this mm. I, I'm uh, I'm attracted to work with, with the dark art and the dark spirits uh, and in that way I, I am uh, part of something that's global and uh, we work uh, united we try to uh, uh, cooperate and and they get the cumulative effects of cooperation and the synergy effects and uh, it is about the night side so uh, in that way everyone that feels attracted to this uh, is already so to speak part of the global united night side fantastic thank you very much doctor i think for everyone that's that's joined us today or joined us in the session whenever you may be watching this uh, there will be links to the Dragon Rouge's website, um, both on the YouTube channel as well as through the podcast. Um, I'm Adam Knox. Thank you again, Dr. Thomas Carlson, for your time here. It has been an absolute honor, sir. My pleasure. It's Adam Knox here. Thanks for supporting this podcast and, you know, these ideas. I really appreciate free thinkers, you know, like yourselves that are willing to challenge conventional norms and think for themselves and take on new challenges and look at new ideas. And as such, I want to say that if you haven't yet, if you are looking at ways to improve your knowledge over the entire field and you're looking at a you know regular feed of ideas and concepts to keep improving yourself i'd like to invite you to sign up at the cult of you 
all my teachings and all my ideas are there for only $19 a month. And every month I bring you a completely new section of some of the most cutting ideas and I'm constantly adding to that. So I'm constantly reviewing and adding more knowledge as I gain them. And you'll see a lot of the interviews and a lot of things that I do extend on some of the subjects that I cover inside of those areas. I do take quite a bit of effort to make sure that the filming is also quite good and to give you not just a demonstration of rituals, but also talk you through the psychology behind them so that you're empowered to do them. And I cover every subject under the sun from science to art to magic to all the different systems out there from the golden dawn to the western of the western traditions to the left hand path traditions we discuss technology and technomancy we discuss sex magic and seduction we discuss so much more from purely the mental aspects to how do you deal with the darkness when it comes up as well as how do you take those things into business and into your romantic life as well as what are the keys to make your magic work as well as to unlock different degrees of spirituality so if you haven't yet please consider signing up at the cult of you and you'll be able to send me a mail and message there and i'll be there to help you you personally through mail correspondence and chat you and guide you through the entire process and if you make it through the first year of the entire cycle and you graduate the second year of the program you're able to have direct sessions with myself and some of the members of my temple and i look forward to helping you whether you go that route or not please keep enjoying these podcasts please share them with people that you think there are they're going to find value them like and subscribe to the show and please send me your messages to info at the cult of you i would love to hear what are things that are important to you what are th- ideas and concepts that this raised maybe this inspired you maybe this you know, made sense to you. Maybe this opened up something. I'd love to hear that. Please talk to me and please share with me. Write in the comments and give me your ideas and concepts. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, if you're not, if you're only watching this on the YouTube channel, please head on over to Spotify and do subscribe. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, go check us out on YouTube. But please share this, share these ideas and these concepts and let's let's have a conversation. I'd love to hear from you. That's it for me. I'm Adam Knox. This is the Cult of You. And remember, live deliciously.